This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 176, Annuities Versus Everything Else. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. I'm going to pull my nerd card here and mention the movie Scott Pilgrim versus the world. If you guys don't know that movie, go back and check it out. It was a flop in the box office back in 20, I guess, 2010, somewhere in there. And it has the the main character basically running through kind of a battle of the bands style plot with, but with video games and comic books spiced in there, some really cool graphic effects and some other just really fun jokes. And it's just, totally a fun movie. Nobody watched it. I thought it was cool. Anyway, I wondered if something with that phrase, that concept would make sense with today's episode. Today's topic is annuities versus everything else. And we're looking now at real data, actual research from PhDs. And these are specifically on the power of income annuities, not exactly as cool or as nifty as comic books and battle of the bands, but maybe it is kind of a battle between your money going toward financial security and financial insecurity. And now the research from PhDs and more is becoming more overwhelming. It's harder and harder to ignore the power of guaranteed lifetime income. And go back to the last episode where we talk about five and and actually six, a bonus uh, benefit of the surprising benefits of lifetime income. Now, you really must cover your basic living expenses in a way that does not run dry. I can't imagine running out of my money in a 401k, IRA, whatever, at 87 years old, still feeling like I got another 10, 15, 20 years to go. So Social Security, pensions, annuities, all of those generate a stream of income you cannot outlive. The problem is that the general public does not read these PhD white papers that are coming out, more and more and more of them all the time. Uh, They get their information, unfortunately, from the oh-so-average TV talking heads and their buddies at the coffee shop or at work. If you've ever brought up the, the idea of an annuity as a solution to income and retirement to a friend or family member, you've probably heard the reasons why they didn't think the annuity was the best way to go. You might hear them say things like, oh, I don't need an annuity. My rental property is my annuity. My laddered bonds portfolio is my annuity. Or, hey, you know, Mark, why buy an annuity when I've got all these dividend-paying stocks that increase in their dividends over time? These dividends in my stock portfolio have been paid for 20, 30 years without fail. Or maybe they say something like, hey, you know, I'm a big believer in tax-free municipal bonds as a stream of income and retirement. And by the way, tax-free is good. So I want to be clear. I'm not against all of these other strategies to supplement your income and retirement, but I don't believe they should be used to cover basic living expenses in your retirement. Let me explain why. I mean, if we've learned anything during the coronavirus COVID-19 crisis of 2020 and as it plays out into 2021, you know, we've seen firsthand that these alternate income strategies are less than the best. Let's look at each of them in detail more closely. First, my rental property is my annuity. That's one I hear quite often. 
But let's think about that. How's that working out for us? Not very well when renters don't have to pay rent and landlords cannot evict people. In fact, CNBC had the headline, small landlords struggle as renters either can't or choose not to pay rent amid coronavirus layoffs. Moody's Analytics warns that nearly 12 million renters will owe an average back rent of almost $6,000 by January 2021. And in December 2020, 9 million renters said that they were behind on rent. 9 million renters, according to the Census Bureau survey. And there were 8 million individual landlords who own between 1 and 10 rental properties. These mom and pop landlords, these are not the mega corporations. These are the 1 to 10 units the mom and pops, the landlords of just one to 10 units are saying, quote, they neither have the cash nor the credit available to cover their costs when the rent is not paid. You know, realize these landlords are not just floating on money. They have to pay a mortgage. It all flows up to the bank, which is why we like to bank on yourself. But that's another conversation. The New York Times wrote, quote, 40% of New York tenants may not pay rent this month. What happens then? End quote. This is happening, guys, all over the country. Many landlords who count on that rent for cash flow to cover the mortgage on their property or their property taxes as well, these landlords are going to be in big trouble. What I love about rental real estate is that it's based on contract law. Without the contract, without the commitment between the renter and the landlord, all you really have in the real estate space is something known as squatter's rights. Squatter's rights. You know what I'm talking about. Whoever is in the property with the shotgun owns the property without a contract. Contract law is really at the very fundamental foundation of Western civilization. Now, to be clear, I don't think as, as crazy as the world has become the last year, I still don't think contract law is going anywhere. I think we still can count on that. But when Congress has the ability to mess with my private contract that I have between me and my tenant or my landlord, I'm going to start to get nervous. However, there are other contracts that allow me to receive permanent lifetime income that does not rely on people living in my property. I don't have to worry about trash, termites, toilets, or non-paying tenants. What is this magical contract I'm talking about? That's right, annuities. Compare rental properties and their uncertainty with the certainty of lifetime incomes from annuities. The checks come every single month. You don't have to worry about property damage or vacancies. You don't have to worry about replacing the roof or the air conditioner. You know, when you think about it, an income annuity might just be the best rental property you could ever own. So that's the first piece. Number two, I hear people say, Mark, I don't need an annuity. I believe in laddered bonds. Okay, although I've never really been a fan of laddered bonds, you could argue that they did do pretty well back when bonds were paying 8 or even 10%. But that's not the case today. The 10-year treasury bond is paying currently 0.92, 0.92. And even a 30-year government bond is paying 1.66% as of the middle of December. That means you give money to the government, they don't have to give it back to you for 30 years. And for the for the privilege of giving up all your cash, they're going to give you 1.66% for 30 years. Doesn't sound too great to me. With rates that low, why would you do that when you could get 5, 6, or even 8, or even 10% per year guaranteed payout on an annuity, of course, depending on your age, from that income annuity? That seems like such a better deal. 
Besides that, bonds have taxes due. All of the bond interest is taxable. While annuity income has an exclusion ratio since the principal is not taxed in an annuity when you receive it. This can be a significant tax break for retirees, and especially if taxes go up. Obviously, if qualified money is used, if we're using a 401k or IRA, all income is taxed regardless of the investment vehicle you use, whether bonds, annuities, or anything. So no change there. The third objection or or pushback I get from folks is, well, Mark, I don't need an annuity. I've got dividend-paying stocks. My dividend-paying stock portfolio will beat that annuity. Maybe, but hundreds of companies have slashed or even eliminated dividends due to the coronavirus, and more are going to be cutting those uh, dividends in the future. We're not talking about the bad companies here. We're talking about the blue chip or the dividend aristocrat stocks. We're talking about, about companies like General Motors, Dunkin' Donuts, Royal Dutch Shell, Harley-Davidson, Expedia, the list goes on and on, all of which have cut or slashed their dividends this last year. Now, guys, I'm not against dividend-paying stocks. In fact, we even had Oxford Club financial writer Mark Lichtenfeld talking about dividend-paying stocks on our podcast. Go back to episode 138 to hear more about that. But don't think for a minute that these dividends can be counted on to cover your basic expenses in retirement. Had all Americans believed in that strategy, a lot of them would have been unable to pay their mortgage this year and other basic living expenses this year. What about the objection or the idea that, hey, Mark, I don't need an annuity. I'll just use tax-free municipal bonds. Now, guys, I have no problem with tax-free income in retirement. Now, for me, it's Roth IRAs and cash value life insurance. Bank on yourself type pull life insurance that we talk about on our podcast. But many people are fans of muni bonds, municipal or muni bonds. Now, I think Barron's, the investment magazine Barron's, has done some of the best research here. In fact, their August 31st, 2020 article put it best on the cover. They write, trillion dollar hole, trouble ahead for muni bonds. And the shutdown has severely reduced the state and local revenue. Now, not all muni bonds are going to be in trouble, but there will be some trouble and some unexpected defaults. I think there's going to be more local and even city and even state bankruptcies. Again, this is going to hurt those retirees who were counting on what they thought was a reliable tax-free income from their muni bonds. Annuities don't have that risk. So what's left for guaranteed lifetime income and retirement? Annuities. Guys, annuities are old as the pyramids. They have stood the test of time. In fact, I went to a local museum here in downtown Chicago and walked through the Orient, ancient Oriental Institute of Chicago. And I was surprised, jaw dropped, when I saw sitting right next to some cuneiform tablets from ancient Mesopotamia, an old annuity contract from 300 BC. That's right, 300 BC. And I've got a picture of it. You can go back and look at some of the, reach out to me if you'd like to see this picture of this ancient, ancient Egyptian annuity. So if they're so old, and if they're so good at helping us in retirement, why doesn't everyone have an annuity? It turns out there are three basic shortcomings that dissuade Americans from ever entering into the annuity transaction. Let's go over each of them. I like to be right up front with what the considerations and downsides are to any decision you make. So the first issue that Americans have with annuities as their approach for retirement income is that the whole issue over liquidity. That's the first major problem, liquidity. In order to enter into the annuity transaction, let's say, for example, you have $500,000 and you hand that $500,000 over to the annuity company. And in return, they might give you $30,000 of income. 
Now, this could depend on your age and your sex and the interest rate. It could depend on a lot of factors. But let's just say you get 30 grand a year from your $500,000. You'd get that 30 grand every year, no matter how long you live, until you pass away. Even if you live to 120 years old, they're going to keep sending you that money and you're going to have to find a way to spend it. And that's on the hook of the insurance company, the annuity company that paid it to you. And they, in turn, have this sort of private pension plan with you. There's no way to undo that proposition. So let's say somewhere down the road, a couple years down the road, you need that $500,000 back. Unfortunately, you're no longer going to have liquidity of that money. And that's where I think a lot of people feel like they just had something taken away from them. That there's something just reassuring about having that, that cookie jar on the countertop where at a moment's notice, you could go grab something. There's something just deeply psychological and, and secure about seeing that big liquid bucket of money. And so having to give up that liquidity on such a large portion of your retirement savings is very much times dissuading uh, a large portion of the American population so they never buy an annuity. The second reason why I feel like it, annuities give people heartburn is that there is oftentimes a lack of inflation hedge. So a single premium immediate annuity is the most basic form of income annuities out there. Let's say you handed $500,000 over to the insurance company, and again, they gave you that $30,000 a year of annual income. That $30,000 might be great today. might be just fine to cover your basic living expenses. But over time, due to the eroding effects of inflation over a 30-year retirement, that $30,000 might get chopped in half in terms of purchasing power over 30 years. So while it might have been perfectly fine and adequate to cover your needs today, 30 years from now, it's going to be worth half as much. Let's say we assume just a 3% inflation rate. And I think given the way we're printing money in our country, it might be even higher than that. But the problem is most annuities don't have a program to uh, adjust for or account for inflation. The third problem I see with annuities and that a lot of people I I think agree with me is in terms of old fashioned annuities is something that we like to call the Mack truck factor. Let's say two years ago, you handed that $500,000 over to the annuity company. They started sending you $30,000 a year and you got two years into that program and you're loving life. And then unfortunately, yesterday you stepped off a curb and you got, boom, you got flattened by a Mack truck. I'll say yesterday safely because I know you didn't pass away yesterday. You're listening to this podcast today. So that's the good news. The bad news is the $500,000, that asset disappears. It's off your balance sheet. Your heirs get 100% disinherited from that money. You may have entered into the proposition of the annuity thinking to yourself, hey, I've got a Methuselah gene in my family. I'm going to live forever. I'm going to beat the annuity company at its own game. I'm going to be putting myself on the line to live a very long and productive life. I'm going to be that guy in the risk pool that lives forever. I'm going to make great on this annuity. Therefore, I'm not going to need as much. But if you pass away two years into the retirement years, you stop getting your income stream on old-fashioned annuities. That was the problem of the Mack truck. Even if you thought you'd live a long time, none of us can predict that ultimate day. And so what was basically a large sum of money that got taken from you becomes now the worst investment you ever made. And you gave them the $500,000. They gave you two years of 30 grand. What happened to the other $440,000 that you didn't spend? It went to the risk sharing pool that 
is paying somebody else who is going to live that abnormally long and wonderful life. Now, that possibility of the Mack truck, however unlikely, it strikes fear into the hearts of people. In fact, they don't just fear that, it strikes them as fundamentally unfair so that they never enter into the annuity transaction. The whole possibility that they feel like they're always looking over their shoulder, always looking three times both ways before they cross the street, they wonder if they're going to die and be stuck with the worst financial investment they ever made. That's the Mack truck problem as we define it. So those three problems, lack of liquidity, lack of an inflation hedge, and the Mack truck factor, the possibility that you could die prior to your life expectancy and get nothing for all that you put into the, the contract. Now, annuity companies are not unaware of the dissatisfaction that retirees and pre-retirees have to traditional and typical annuities that I just recently described. So what they've done to try to mitigate those complaints is to really address and make changes to the annuity contract writ large. They've integrated actually a number of different types of annuities whose aim is to mitigate or soften the effect of those three gotchas. And the most important and maybe the most relevant for our podcast today is one called the fixed indexed annuity. Now there's various kinds of annuities. We did a deep dive into them on episode 80, where I won't go into them again now, but I encourage you really to go back and listen to episode 80 to learn more about the different types of annuities. Today, what I thought we'd do is to look at the most compelling product in the annuity market, the modernized and efficient fixed indexed annuity. An indexed annuity is an annuity whose rate of return is based on a market index, such as the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ 100. And unlike most variable annuities that are directly investing in stocks, mutual funds, et cetera, the indexed annuity limits the set of your potential gains and losses so that your contract is less risky than directly investing in the market, but there's also less upside. So you're simply watching the index. You're not actually investing in the index. It's sort of like the heat index in Phoenix. I don't have to live in Phoenix in the summertime to look up the heat index on a hot summer day. I could be in the cool breeze of a beautiful Chicago summer day and look up, Google the heat index of Phoenix. I simply look at it. I don't have to be experiencing it. Uh, And the good news is that's how fixed index annuities work with the stock market index. They're not actually directly investing in the index. No, they're simply watching it from the comfort and security of the annuity contract. So how does the indexed annuity work? Like most annuities, indexed annuities can provide you with a steady stream of income in retirement. Now, before you start receiving any income, though, you've got to agree and you've got to fund the annuity contract. That's your end of the bargain. Your contract you make in conjunction with the annuity company is going to spell out exactly how you will fund the annuity. Maybe it's all at once with a lump sum, or maybe it's steady payments over time, whatever you choose. It can begin and end whenever you'd like, uh, and you get to decide how you fund your annuity. Equity index annuities might be safer than directly investing into an index fund because the annuity company protects you against index losses. That, of course, comes with the trade-off. If the index goes sky high one year, you will not get all of the upside of the index. You'll get some of it. You'll get to participate in the upside. But the trade-off is when the market goes down a following year, you're simply protected. You would have no market loss in your contract due to the market's fluctuations. 
So index annuities can be in a 401k or an IRA. Now, index annuities can take advantage of any tax buckets out there. It could be inside an IRA or even a Roth IRA, or it could just be a regular, what they call a non-qualified plan, like a savings bucket, basically outside of the IRAs and 401ks of the world. So let's talk about how the fixed indexed annuity solves the three complaints I mentioned earlier. Number one, liquidity. There's a lack of liquidity with traditional annuities. Indexed annuity withdrawals, if, if you remember the first issue is that annuities and annuity companies take all your cash in exchange for lifetime income. Now, first of all, let's step back and ask why the annuity company would do such a thing. Why would they be so mean to take all your cash? If you think about it, the annuity company is on the hook for some pretty serious liabilities to you and your family. They don't know any more than you do how long you're going to live. So they've got to turn that lump sum that you just gave them into a permanent stream of income for the rest of your life. And in order to accomplish that magical feat, they have to put your money to work. They have to put it to work in things that generate income, bonds, mortgage notes, etc. And if you surprise them with a phone call on any given Tuesday afternoon saying you need $200,000 today for that home renovation, they're going to have to admit to you that they've invested that money in predictable income yielding assets. So they don't have your money either. And that's the truth. In fact, if you owned and you tried to run your financial life like the annuity company, you wouldn't give yourself that cash either. Why? Well, if you wanted a predictable guaranteed income stream off of your lump sum of cash, you couldn't keep your own bargain. If you raided the cookie jar and took that money out for the home renovation or sending your grandkid to college, whatever you decide to do with the cash. So this is why having a combination of liquid assets and like bank on yourself type whole life policies, which remain completely liquid and accessible to you within a week, let's say, are a really nice pairing with these fixed indexed annuities. Life insurance cash value remains your big bucket of cash for emergencies and opportunities, whereas the annuity can sit pretty and sit back and produce you the income stream that you're looking for. Imagine the annuity is sort of like a river of money flowing right into your pocket every month Whereas the whole life policy is sort of like your reservoir or your ocean of money that you can draw on for emergencies and opportunities. Unlike old fashioned annuities that kept all of your liquidity, the new modern fixed indexed annuities, however, do allow you to take some of your money out if you need it as a backup. So it's still not 100% liquid. Even the most liquid fixed index annuities have some sort of limit on what you can grab on any given Tuesday. And again, I would still recommend you do bank on yourself type whole life policies in conjunction with your annuity. Having this new liquidity access to the annuity is a great backstop if your whole life policy, for example, is otherwise detained. Solving issue number two, the inflation problem. As a reminder, index annuities don't pay out the exact return of the index. Instead, they're going to look at both your potential losses and your potential gains. They're going to limit those. They're going to give you zero when the market tanks protecting you. Zero is your hero, as they say. And when the market goes up 10%, you might get 6% or 7 or whatever the participation rate is. That's why this product, the fixed indexed annuity is called that, the fixed indexed annuity, because there's a fixed limit of what your growth might be, but it's indexed to a particular set of numbers like the S&P 500. These limits are usually set with a combination of a few things. For one, a minimum guaranteed return. The annuity company 
will guarantee some sort of baseline minimum rate of return each year. It's going to be very conservative. But even if the underlying index loses money, you can still grow your cash. For example, it might be 1% or 2%. But think about that. Even if the rest of the world's markets were crashing, even if all your buddies on the golf course <laughs> or the basketball court uh, or at the restaurant were losing money in their 401ks and IRAs, you were still growing your cash. You earned money with that guaranteed minimum rate of return. There's a loss floor of zero. You cannot lose more than 0%, which is not losing anything. You will never lose a dollar due to market fluctuations inside a fixed index annuity. Fixed index annuities are guaranteed never to lose money if the index goes negative. Let's say the market is down 35% like it was in March of 2020 last year, and you were tracking that particular index. All your golf buddies are complaining and losing sleep over seeing their retirement go up in smoke while you're sitting on the same steady pile of cash you had the day before the market madness began. You don't have to participate in the drama. Your money's still there, even when the dust settles. And maybe most importantly, you are ready to grow and rebound as the market does with it. Markets always rebound the year or two after a market crash, which brings me to my third component. There's something called a participation rate as far as how these annuities grow. The participation rate describes the percentage of the index returns that that annuity will pay you. Again, if the participation rate is 70%, you'd get 70% of whatever the index did. So let's say the, the index, S&P 500 or NASDAQ or whatever, let's say it went up by 10%. You'd receive 70% of that number. So 70% of 10%, you'd get a 7% growth on your money that year. Not too bad. And finally, there's an inflation protection hedge, pointing back to our second issue of not keeping up with inflation. Now, the historic long-term return of the stock market might be higher than inflation. So index annuities can help protect and grow your money to keep up with inflation. So you get this unbeatable combination of competitive market-based returns without market risk or loss. You get preservation of the capital you put in there. You know, this is like a ratchet that only goes in one direction because it can't lose money when the markets fail. And maybe most surprisingly, some, not all, but some rare fixed index annuities actually offer you a increasing income during your retirement. So when the market is positive, when your index that you're watching is going up, the next year you get a pay raise. You get an increase of your income. It means when the index is up this year, you're going to have more cash monthly in your paycheck from the annuity company starting next year. And that becomes your guaranteed minimum income for the rest of your life. Again, a ratchet that only goes up. So that's the second issue solved, I believe, by fixed index annuities. Let's go back to the Mack truck factor. That was the third issue. Now, it goes without saying that none of us knows the future. Even if we have the Methuselah gene, the Mack truck still stalks us every time we step off that curb. Annuity companies have figured this out. And now they're allowing for your beneficiaries, your spouse, or your kids, whomever, favorite charity, to receive the unspent remaining contribution you made to this annuity in the event that you pass away too soon. Say, for example, you gave $500,000 to the annuity company, and you began to receive an income of $30,000 a year from this new modern fixed index annuity. Let's say you lived for two years before your curbside disaster took place. Your family would receive $500,000 minus the 30 grand you received from the annuity company over two years, which means they'd receive a gift of $440,000. Side note, okay? Quick side note, 
if the lump sum contributions have grown over those two years, your family would actually receive more than 440. Just a side note there. And as another side note, let's say you didn't get hit by the Mack truck, but it was another life-altering event that needed you to move to a nursing home. That's going to be the case for a lot of people alive and listening to this podcast right now. What if you needed more access to cash than your annuity income was providing to you due to those dramatic increase of long-term care, those monthly spendings in the nursing home? Well, with more modern fixed indexed annuities out there, some annuity companies now allow you to double your income payment while you're in a qualified care facility. Meaning, if you're receiving $30,000 while living independently on your own, in your golden years, and then suddenly you needed to be transferred to a nursing home, your income from the annuity would go from $30,000 last year to $60,000 this year. And as long as you're in that qualified care facility, whether it's one, two, 10 years, the annuity would pay you that double income for as long as you're in the long-term care facility. Now guys, show me a bond, show me a mutual fund, Show me a real estate property that can do any of those things. I mean, do you think your renters and your rental properties are going to be willing to pay their landlord twice as much rent just because you happened to move to a nursing home last year? Of course not. That's why annuities can be so powerful, both in good times and in challenging times. So let's summarize. Benefits of the indexed annuity, as far as I can tell, you're going to get moderate, competitive, productive returns in your annuity. By investing your money in the stock market indexes, you don't know what your outcome is going to be. But by tracking and watching the index from the safety of the annuity company, you can have a decent long-term return, potentially better than what you'd have in a CD or or fixed annuities or, or bonds, certainly, or even specialty savings accounts. But most importantly, you're going to be protected against market losses. Index annuities protect your savings against market losses. It's going to be a relatively safe place to park your cash. You get some market upside with less risk and a potential preservation of the market gains. This is really a big deal. Anytime the market goes up, it can lose next year, can't it? You might see your Tesla stock go up and down and all it is is paper profits. But with an annuity, a fixed indexed annuity, that gain is locked in and it isn't taken away from you if the market drops next year. You're simply protected at zero in that event. Again, there are some drawbacks to these indexed annuities. You're going to have some limits on the gains. Index annuities don't have the same upside that you could have. If you jumped into the stock market with both feet, very aggressive, you might have 20, 30% returns one year. You'll very likely will never have that kind of a year inside of a fixed index annuity. However, you don't have to worry about the future market downturns, erasing all the great years in one afternoon when you have your money safely and productively growing inside the fixed index annuity. So who is this index annuity good for? I'd say an index annuity is best for someone who wants to maybe get some sort of market-like returns, but is worried about market losses. With these annuity contracts, you get some market upside without having to worry about the bad downside. Index annuities are also a better choice for medium and long-term savings goals. Don't look at this as a get-rich-overnight strategy. This is a way you can wait out temporary market downturns and you can watch it grow over the long term. Now, for short-term goals or situations where you absolutely need some earnings in the next year or next 12 months, you know, you'd be better off with something that might make more of a guaranteed return, maybe a fixed annuity or something called a multi-year guaranteed annuity. MIGA is what they call those. 
those are really great for a temporary period of time, say three years, five years, eight years, if you just wanted to park your money for a few years and see what comes next. On the other hand, if you want the highest possible return and don't mind more risk, you could definitely earn more directly investing in the market or speculative investments. It's just keeping in mind, what do you want your money to do for you? So who are fixed index annuities not good for? Again, I would say don't jump into one of these for get rich overnight money. They will bore you to tears. You'll be wanting to get out of them. And there are surrender charges in the first, usually the first five to 10 years. It's usually a decreasing schedule from 10%, 9%, 8%, 7 and so on each year until you get down to 0% surrender charges. But that means if you jump into the annuity and then take your money and run back to the markets for some odd reason, you'll be hit with some sort of surrender charge. And I don't want that for any of my clients, if at all possible. So look at these annuities like long-term horizon projects. It's also not for those who want to see this as some sort of piggy bank to grab liquid large amounts of cash or to use the annuity for other uses. So for example, if you want to use your annuity money for real estate or other ventures, I would actually point you possibly towards something like a whole life policy as a parking space for your money in between your real estate deals. Your new annuity might be seen not as cash money for buying the property, but rather your annuity might be seen as an alternative to the real estate property you're considering to purchase. It's almost like a supercharged rental property in your portfolio. Hope that makes sense. Now, we all get one chance to get our retirement right. You cannot unwind the clock. Now, following these very simple steps, thinking through these strategies can really help you make the most optimal and the best and the most happy, successful retirement you can possibly have. So have a plan. Work with a competent financial professional. We'd love to meet with you. You can go to nyafinancialpodcast.com and click on request a meeting. I'd be happy to speak with you, me or one of our top advisors in our firm. Second, understand and maximize all the income streams you have available to you. Don't forget to look up your social security benefits online. Third, consider a hybrid, maybe working just a few extra years part-time that might have a huge impact, a huge positive impact on how long your money can last. Another takeaway, have a plan to protect yourself from inflation. Fixed index annuities fit right in here. Cover your basic living expenses with guaranteed lifetime income. That's a great takeaway from today's episode and also last week's episode. You don't have to have an annuity be 100% of your portfolio. Make it a good chunk of your guaranteed core essential income you need that you never want to run dry on. Next takeaway, have a plan for long-term care. That's a big deal. It's going to become a bigger deal as costs continue to soar. Next, use your home equity wisely. Maybe there's some ways to get tax-free income even from your home equity. We talk about that in other episodes. And if you want to learn more of what I mean here, if you've got a bunch of money trapped in the drywall of your house, I'm going to leave this one kind of a secret. If you want to reach out and find out about how we can use the home equity to generate for you a tax-free income in your retirement, again, nyafinancialpodcast.com. Click on request a meeting. Love to share what the strategy is. Next, use life insurance. The cash value life insurance we call bank on yourself type policies as the most efficient way to make major purchases both before and during retirement. Guys, remember, you still need to buy stuff. Trips, cars still break down in, in retirement. You know, trips still need to go on. 
grandkids still need to be doted on, money still needs to be spent throughout retirement years. So this is a great way to make those major purchases using cash value life insurance to help make more efficient the rest of your financial portfolio. And finally, it's a great way to transfer wealth, the annuity is, and life insurance as a great way to transfer wealth from you to your children, grandchildren, and favorite charities. Retirement does not have to be super complex. It doesn't have to be confusing. These are all simple, simple steps. It's all based on math, based on science. Actuarial science goes back hundreds of years and maybe thousands. And if you look at some of these old annuities out there. So you really can help yourself live your best possible and most optimal life in retirement without having to take a bunch of unnecessary risks. Thanks guys for the content today. I want to jump into a quick commercial, something exciting that I'm pretty pumped about and can't wait to invite you to. We have a brand new membership site that we just launched. It's called Not Your Average Financial Community. It's a space where our clients can come and have private groups and you can set up your private group as well. Maybe you've got a a special desire to use your bank on yourself type policy to send your kid to college. Well, guess what? There's lots of other people listening to the show right now who want to do the same thing or have done the same thing. So join our private community. It's off the wasteland of Facebook. It's built just for you. It's built just for me. It's built for all of us who want to be financial revolutionaries and are tired of the oh-so-average financial advice we get from the mainstream media. We'd love to have discussions with you on each episode. We're going to be talking to our esteemed guests. We're going to be bringing them in to have further discussions with you after the episode airs. I'm going to have live events. We're going to have client appreciation events, audience appreciation events. We're going to have a moment and a space where you can ask your questions and get some answers. We're going to have online courses, mastermind courses. We're going to have master classes. We're going to have discussions on each episode, a place to answer your questions, space for live Q&A events, masterclasses, online courses, and a space to follow up with some of our guests that we bring on our show. It's content that you won't be able to find anywhere else, and you're able to dive deeper into the bank on yourself strategy. And maybe most importantly, besides just learning, we're going to take it deeper. We're going to actually implement. We're going to get this stuff done. We're going to pull out the the retirement strategy that fits your best needs and actually act on it. We're going to say, all right, we're going to actually start saving. We're going to start budgeting. We're going to actually put together workshops that help you take action and become a better version of yourself. Actually make that financial plan a financial reality. So now is your chance. Come join us. It's free right now. I don't know how long that's going to last. We might start charging in the future for latecomers. So the early bird gets the worm here. Go to notyouraverage.com mn.co. That's not your average, Mike Nancy or mn.co. Not your average.mn.co. We're going to put that link in the show notes. And we really encourage you to check this out. It's one of my favorite things I'm looking forward to doing with you in 2021 and beyond. So thank you all for joining me for this episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your income, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only. 
and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.